if you're new to this whole world of baby led weaning and starting solid foods, you might still be on the fence as to whether this approach is going to work for you. And if that's the case, I want to send you my free feeding guide called Will Baby Led Weaning Work for My Baby? This is a guide that contains a decision tree map that you can work your way through to determine if this is the right approach for you guys and then when it's time to start. Grab your copy of Will Baby Led Weaning Work for My Baby on my website at babyledweaning.co slash resources. I was doing my breakfast dishes this morning, turned the garbage disposal on, and then heard that terrible noise when you know something is in the disposal, but like you can totally tell the damage has already been done. Sure enough, it was an easy peasy tiny spoon, totally shredded, which if I've learned anything about these baby lead weaning spoons from Easy Peasy is that the garbage disposal and the dog both love them. And I was bummed because it's one of my favorite colors that they make, the light gray line, which is called pewter. But my garbage disposal disaster, I guess it came at just the right time because Easy Peasy is having their annual Mother's Day sale from this Friday to Sunday, so May 10th to 12th. You can get 20% off all of the Easy Peasy feeding gear with the affiliate discount code BLWMOM on orders of $50 or more. So this is a great time to stock up at 20% off because my regular Easy Peasy code is usually only for 10% off. So this bump up to 20% off is nice, but it's just for three days. So head to easypeasyfun.com to grab tiny spoons, their tiny cups, and the best suction mats and bowls for baby lead weaning. They have a really cool new bundle maker on their website if you want to group or piece a few items together or If you just don't want to think about it, then just grab one of the Easy Peasy First Foods sets. It has everything you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods with baby led weaning. That code is BLWMOM for 20% off Easy Peasy orders of $50 or more now through Sunday, May 12th at easypeasyfun.com. And happy Mother's Day to you. And where did the iron come from? Historically, it came from birth. During the birth process, there was an iron transfer from mom to the baby that gave enough iron to get them through that first year. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby-led weaning. Are you planning on having another baby? Well, if so, there's one really important thing that you can do to help lower your baby's risk of iron deficiency, and you can do that within the first few minutes of your baby's life. Maybe you've heard that term, delayed cord clamping. And we're talking here about the timing of the severing of the umbilical cord after your baby is born. And it turns out that waiting longer than has been the standard practice for about the last century, that crucial waiting to clamp the cord, that could result in bigger pushes of iron-rich blood to your baby right after birth and long-term increases in baseline iron status for children. So my guest today is Dr. Alan Green. He's an advocate for optimal cord clamping. And Dr. Green, I actually call him the original TikToker because he's got this acronym for his campaign, TikTok, T-I-C-C, T-O-C-C, and it well predated the other TikTok. But TikTok stands for Transitioning Immediate Cord Clamping to Optimal Cord Clamping. And Dr. Green is here today to talk about optimal cord clamping. He prefers that term over delayed cord clamping, and he's going to explain why in this interview. If his amazing and soothing voice sounds familiar to you, it's because Dr. Green was previously on the podcast talking about another iron-related passion of his back in episode 160, why white rice cereal should not be your baby's first food with Alan Green, MD. Dr. Green, who is a pediatrician, 
is perhaps better known for his white out movement. This is his awareness campaign to get other doctors to stop recommending iron fortified white rice cereal as a baby's first food. So if you're feeling pressure or you're hearing recommendations to offer white rice cereal, be sure to check out episode 160 with Dr. Green. But today he's here to share about something that you can do for your next pregnancy. It's also something that you can tell your pregnant friends, family, colleagues about, and that's optimal cord clamping and its effect on infant iron levels. So with no further ado, here's Dr. Alan Green. Katie, it's wonderful to be with you again. Previously, you were here talking about the whiteout movement and alternatives to white rice cereal as an ideal first food for babies. Today's chat is totally different because we're going to be talking about optimal cord clamping. And I guess technically it's related because iron is the common thread here. But before we dive in, could you share what current projects you're working on in infant health and nutrition that are exciting you? Sure. The big thing that I'm working on right now is uh, cultivating something called nutritional intelligence. And very simply, nutritional intelligence is the ability to recognize and enjoy healthy amounts of good food. And it's an area of intelligence that's important to cultivate. We do a lot to help our kids learn language. You know, we read to them and we point to, we name things we're pointing at, and we do things to, to cultivate uh, math intelligence and teach them numbers and colors and all these other things. But across nature, one of the things that parents do the most is to teach their offspring to recognize and enjoy healthy amounts of good food. And sadly, in the U.S. especially, a lot of corporations have tried to take over that job from us and teach our kids what to like. And it's we get to take that job back and teach our kids how to fall in love with great foods. I love that idea. I hope there are registered dietitians involved in this endeavor. Indeed. All right, cool. Well, you're one of my favorite doctors because you actually know about nutrition. And we talk about how, you know, in this country, at least more than 90% of physicians have never taken a dedicated nutrition class. And so I think educating the people when parents go to their doctor to ask questions about food and nutrition, oftentimes the doctors haven't had a lot of training. So I appreciate the initiatives that you do to train other physicians and pediatricians about nutrition. All right, Dr. Green, what is optimal cord clamping and how does it impact a baby's iron status? So you were right that this got started for me uh, at the time of the whiteout campaign of trying to get white rice away from being the dominant calorie for babies, a solid food calorie for babies. The, the pushback that I got from pediatricians was, but they need the iron. They need the iron-fortified cereal. It's the only way they'll get iron. And that just didn't make sense to me, right? It's not, it can't be true that historically, for thousands of years, babies got their iron from boxed cereal. So the, my question, uh, I started exploring a little bit, where did iron come from in babies? I learned a few things. One is that the ones who are most likely to be iron deficient are the breastfed babies, which surprised me because you know, breast milk is the perfect food. So in looking at it, it turns out breast milk is quote unquote low in a couple of nutrients, vitamin D and iron, and neither of those are a mistake, right? The vitamin D is low because babies throughout history got most of their vitamin D from the sun. And now babies spend a lot of their time indoors and they might have low vitamin D, but historically it came from the sun. And where did the iron come from? Historically, it came from birth. During the birth process, there was an iron transfer from mom to the baby that gave enough iron to get them through that first year. And uh, in the last century, we stopped allowing that by immediate clamping of the cord. 
So why is iron important? Why were pediatricians so upset about it in the first place? So iron is this critical mineral. It is literally the part of our lifeblood that allows us to take the oxygen we breathe and it gets uh, grabbed by hemoglobin molecules that are iron molecules and then transported to all the tissues in our body. And so if you don't have enough iron, you don't have enough oxygen transfer to all the places in the body that need it. And people end up more fatigued and people end up with slower gross motor development and people end up getting sick more often and taking longer to get well when they have been sick. And the big thing is it affects thinking. It affects intelligence. Uh, the WHO estimates that there are 2 billion people on the planet today who currently have decreased intelligence from lack of iron. So we really want to make sure that babies get plenty of iron. And let's go back to doing it the way that it used to be by optimally waiting at least 90 seconds before clamping the cord. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit BetterHelp.com weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. Okay, I want to get more into that. As a breastfeeding advocate, I do feel obligated to point out that even though breast milk is quote unquote, you know, low in iron, it is the type of iron that is very well absorbed by the baby's body. Yes. And, and breast milk, you guys, is perfectly sufficient to meet your baby's nutrition needs for the first six months of life. So while it has quote unquote, less iron than formula, no one here is intimating that it's insufficient. But what no, no. Dr. Green is saying is that at around the six month mark, we start to get interested in iron because we know that that bolus, that push of iron that baby was supposed to get from mom at the tail end of pregnancy, it starts to run out. You guys all know that it starts to dissipate. And that's why the weaning diet includes iron foods. But what we're talking about is within the first few seconds of life, the clamping of the umbilical cord. Dr. Green, could you share what's kind of standard practice in the US and then what you are advocating for with the TikTok method, you're the original TikToker. I like to always point that out and what that acronym stands for, because I think this is a new concept to our audience. Yeah. So first of all, I absolutely agree that breast milk is a perfect human food, uh, 100%. And I'm not at all saying that I, when I said, quote unquote, deficient, I'm saying people say that it doesn't have enough. I think it's the ideal amount that's in breast milk in the ideal form, but also that the way that babies got uh, the big bolus of iron early on was during the transfer from mom during delivery. So TikTok stands for and this was before the other, so that's for transitioning immediate cord clamping to optimal cord care. And the basic idea here is that for all of human history, up until the about 1913, and every culture studied around the globe, what would happen is when a baby was born, the birth attendants 
would watch and the cord would start to pulse and to push blood, to actively pump blood into the baby. And they would wait until the cords pumping slowed down or stopped. And then they would tie off and cut the cord. And that was, that was standard human practice. And uh, during that time, there is enough blood, enough iron delivered to virtually eliminate iron deficiency anemia in kids. So when I started talking about this in a big way, about 95% of the babies born around the globe, in the U.S. and around the globe, that really precious extra blood was ending up in the trash can. And now it has changed dramatically, uh, but not all the way. In the last study in the U.S. from November, about half of the hospitals in the U.S. routinely offer uh, what they call delayed cord clamping to most babies. What's delayed and what's, I mean, I know it's a semantics thing, but is that different than optimal cord clamping or are they the same thing? They're pretty much the same thing. I just really object to the term delayed because delayed has this idea that we're somehow doing something actively, we're, we're doing something late or, or when really what we're doing is doing it the way it's always been, right? And not just always us, it's, it's primates too. The other, all the other apes wait until the cord has stopped pulsing before they sever the cord. And it's not just primates, it's every mammal that does the same thing. There's no mammal that actively severs the cord before it stops pulsing. So it's built into nature to have this amazing transfer that happens. So what happened in 1913 that we stopped doing this? So in 1913, we had this, what happened was births were moving into hospitals. And so we had the idea that what we want to do is as fast as we can, get the baby away from the mother and do medical stuff, you know, dry them, warm them, do all these other things. And it, it was well-intentioned. And it happened to be at this time where the world was connected like never before. So it spread very quickly worldwide. So right now, is the standard of care to do the delayed slash optimal cord clamping or is it like 50-50, some people are still getting immediate cord clamping? And what are you doing or what are organizations doing to help move that more towards a waiting period so baby can get that valuable transfer of iron-rich blood? A couple of things. First of all, the, the standard of care in terms of guidelines has finally changed. The World Health Organization says it's never good to sever the cord in less than one minute and a healthy baby, unless there's a reason to do otherwise. And some kids, by the way, it, it does make sense. There are medical reasons why you want to do it right away. If it's like wrapped around the baby's neck, that sort of situation? Yeah. Or if mom's got a placenta previa or abruption placenta, there's big bleeding that's happening. All I'm saying is that the default should be to do it the way that it works in nature. And, and now the, the ACOG also agrees and the, the U.S. guidelines, most major medical centers in the U.S. agree. But in practice, about half of the babies born still don't get it. So we're, a lot of folks, a lot of folks now are trying to raise awareness that this is something that you can ask for. Uh, most obstetricians and even more than that, midwives and other practitioners are aware of this, but it may not happen if you don't ask. Is it being taught in medical school? It is being taught in most medical schools now. So the, it, the, the pendulum is, is changing pretty quickly. And I know a lot of the parents and caregivers listening are like, well, I already have a baby, so I kind of missed the boat on that. And no, we do tons of education about how to offer iron-rich, naturally occurring sources of iron in foods that babies yes. can safely eat. But I know many of you will go on to have babies in the future. Dr. Green, what can these parents do? What should they ask for in order to be advocates for optimal cord clamping? 
So a couple things. One is that uh, for people who've already had their babies, most babies do fine if, if the, it was clamped immediately. It's just some that end up not having quite enough iron. And, and there's other things besides iron I should mention too. In that uh, before birth, about a third of a baby's blood is in the placenta. And the moment they're born, about a third of it's still in the placenta. And so there's all this blood that's left there. And if you wait an extra 90 seconds after the immediate clamping, you wind up with about 30% more blood volume, about 60% more red cells, even more than that, more white blood cells, which help fight infections. You end up with more oxygen, higher oxygen levels during the golden minute. You end up with more stem cells that you get. There's so many things that are really, really valuable that come not just the iron. So this term, the golden minute, but you're also saying 90 seconds, are they kind of, is there an optimal time when we should wait? The golden minute is the name for this, get the first minute where babies get enough oxygen, they tended to have much better outcomes. And during that time, if the cord hasn't been clamped, then um, you're continuing to get oxygen because the, the baby got all their oxygen through the umbilical cord before birth and continue to get it as long as it's still pulsing. So it, during that critical window, you want it still open at least. My recommendation for most healthy kids is to wait until the pulsing slows or stops, which is usually about 90 seconds. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, do parents just ask their doctor that? The pregnant mom talks about it in the, yeah, as part of the birth, birth plan? plan. Yeah, exactly. So it's super simple. So if you're going to be having a baby um, or a loved one's going to be having a baby, just suggest talking to the um, whoever's going to be doing the delivery, make it part of the plan, ask for that. And another thing that you can do that would be really important for your friends if they're having babies, so to share this on social media. The old, the 1913 thing changed very quickly because of global travel. Now we have social media that's even faster. So parents together can really turn this around. And are there any statistics? I mean, I'm sure if ACOG and the World Health Organization have adopted this approach to, you know, how much we could reduce iron deficiency anemia, or is it like a percentage increase in hemoglobin values at six months, any sort of statistical data that you could share for parents who are like, wow, okay, this is totally worth asking for and doing this? Well, the biggest statistical data that came out just recently, it's not exactly about iron, but they were looking at all-cause mortality in kids. And the ones who had the delayed cord clamping throughout childhood had about a 17% decrease in all-cause mortality. Now, that's an association, not causation, but it, the extra stem cells, the extra white blood cells, everything else seems to make a big difference there. In terms of iron deficiency anemia, it cuts the risk of having that, I forget the latest numbers, 85%, something like that. It's really dramatic. And then if you get the iron-rich foods that you're talking about, which babies are designed to get, and breast milk, which has the absorbable form, then it really plummets the risk of ever getting iron deficiency anemia. And this is not like a fringe kind of weird, random, very slim chance that you're going to have this. You guys, this iron deficiency is the most common micronutrient deficiency worldwide, whether you live in a rich country, a poor country, 
um, whether you have access to eat primarily animal foods or plant foods. It, I'm so interested in this because short of just ramming this idea of feed iron rich foods down a baby's throat when they're ready to start solid foods, I'm kidding because we teach baby led weaning and they ram it down their own throats, but that there's something we can actually do even earlier in the birth process to ensure our children have adequate iron levels because it is so important for many reasons, blood health, bone health, but most importantly because of cognitive health. Um, and we know it's a tied and associated with learning and learning development. And unfortunately, iron deficiency anemia, as you mentioned, is tied to lower performance, both in, intellectually in, in children as well as adults. It's something that we, you can never get those precious moments back. So I really appreciate the advocacy and the work that you're doing to highlight this because I think it's something I know for me, when I was pregnant, I felt like I was always getting this idea of cord blood banking pushed down my throat from lots of different advertisements and stuff in the office. And when you started talking about cord clamping, I was like, is that the same thing? Do you find the parents get confused between cord blood banking and cord clamping? They do. So, so the thing about this cord blood is it's such a treasure that some folks have decided to try to store it and save it with the stem cells in there in case the baby needs it later. And my take is that whether you choose to do that or not, there, there's if you wait the 90 seconds, there's still plenty that's there to do the banking. But this blood is so valuable that people are willing to go to great expense to store it when it should be the birthright of the baby in, in the routine sense of the word. I love that. That's a perfect way to kind of sum all of this up. Dr. Green, where can our audience go to learn more about you and your work in this area of medicine? Come visit me at drgreen.com. It's D-R-G-R-E-E-N-E.com. And specifically at drgreen.com slash TikTok, T-I-C-C-T-O-C-C. And one other statistic to leave you with, the World Health Organization has estimated that for a developing country, that if you solved iron deficiency, just one thing, you would increase their productivity, their GNP by 20% by just solving that one problem. And it doesn't matter, as you said, whether whatever you're an affluent or not affluent, having great iron makes you smarter and more productive. I know we also often say as a dietitian, you know, parents will say, oh my gosh, I never realized how run down and awful I was feeling until I started taking iron supplements because of my iron deficiency. And I know with one of my pregnancies, I had, I had a set of quadruplets, absolutely no complications. And I had them at 34 weeks. Then I had a set of twins with tons of complications and I was hospitalized for bleeding for that. I got IV iron. I felt like freaking superwoman when I came out yes. of the hospital. And I was like, oh, maybe having, at that point, we had five kids, <laughs> two and under. Then we had seven kids, three and under. Like you are run wow. down all the time as a mom. And then if you put iron deficiency on top of that, you know, we think about iron deficiency so much in, in the context of our own children, but it's something that definitely afflicts adults and adult women in particular too. Yes. So just, I appreciate this awareness that you're constantly reminding us the importance of iron throughout the lifespan literally from the first seconds of life, even through to adulthood. This is a very, very important micronutrient. We don't need very much of it, but it's so important what it does. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Green. As always, it's a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you, Katie. Great being with you always. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Dr. Green. I'm always amazed by him. Like, where does he find the time to promote all of these iron-related campaigns like the Whiteout Movement and TikTok, and he's still a practicing pediatrician and so gracious with his time to do interviews, etc. So if you want to check out the research documents he was mentioning, as well as the ACOG and the World Health Organization guidelines about optimal cord clamping, as well as Dr. Green's TED Talk about the most important 90 seconds in your pregnancy, head to the show notes page for this episode, which you can find at blwpodcast.com slash 276. Thanks so much for listening.
friends. Are you looking for a new podcast? Maybe something you can share with your littles? Something that has some storytelling in it? Well, then look no further. We have Storytime with Philip and Mommy, where my son and I sit and discuss all the great books that you might love while we read them. So Little Golden Books, Berenstain Bears, and even the new classics like Bluey. We sit down, we read, we discuss, and we have so much fun doing it. Come and join us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.